it's an online wine portal site, and they uh, contacted me. Said some very kind words about Brews News and asked uh, some thoughts um, on the, the the industry. And um, I might actually quote. <laughs> you quoting yourself? Well, I'm, <laughs> which is odd. <laughs> yeah. I know. Radio Bruges News is proudly presented by Cryomalt. With over 25 years in the field, Cryomalt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and proud sponsors of Bruges News, and in particular, Bruges News Week, our regular wrap-up of all that has made news in beer this week and this year. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me to take a good hard look at the news, the views and the issues are the founder and editor of Australian Bruges News, Matt Kierkegaard, and senior journalist and ace reporter, Claire Burnett, Ho, ho, ho. G'day, guys. Season's greetings. <laughs> ho, ho, effing ho. <laughs> it is. A, yeah, yeah. Two years worth of effing ho. I don't like yeah. to be grinchy, um, but yeah. You love being grinchy, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. We'll, you wear it well. We're, we'll to park that for below the fold. <laughs> yeah, okay. um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, this time last year, everyone's going, oh, man, I can't wait till 2021. Oh, How'd that work out lies. for you? <laughs> Regret that. Age like milk. Yes. Uh, but let's assume that, um, you know, as of now, the world has got in a new canning line. They've spoken to our friends at uh, Scar Fabricating and at Burkett. Um, they've teed up with uh, Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and Cryo Malt to just get a, a whole fresh lot of ingredients, inspiration, ideas, recipes and equipment and coming fresh off the line in 2022 will be just a brand new year. That'll be worth drinking. Do you like that? That's I po- do, mate. That's lovely. That's very positive. Sometimes I, I, like I, I surprise myself. <laughs> <laughs> these, these inspirations just come to me. But yeah, no, look, it is um, at the end of the year, it's the last. This is your last, folks. So enjoy this one for, for whatever it Although is. Or we, whatever we, we are, however it goes. We are filling the pipeline, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> because we Here are, we if nothing else, a conscious business. And, um, yeah, we, we want you you to have share of ear. Because oh, there was that interesting chat about the uh, better beer, um, and we'll talk about Mark Hazeman, uh, no doubt, in due course. But, yeah, like when, when you've got the new product launch, it's going national and you've got to fill the pipeline. So, you know, produce extra stuff. That's what we're doing to get us through. For listeners, you know, we consciously decided not to do the Christmas Live edition. Probably, it was probably a little bit low motivation. It's maybe a little bit unprofessional, but... Oh, serious case of the CBFs. Um, <laughs> I think it's it's not unfair to characterise it as. Well, actually, but I, I will just qualify that, Pete, because there, there is a little bit of that. But I think, you know, one of the things that we always step back and do is... Is there a point? You know, does it add value? Is there a reason to do it? And, you know, I, I just don't think that there is. Are you suggesting there are things out there, like, say, podcasts or um, blogs and things like that that are, that are just there for the sake of doing it that don't have a, a well, reason well, no, to no. But, you know, like, anyway, we, we might blow the folders because I think it does come up in, the, you know, bad PR um, mm-hmm. below the fold. Oh, so, yes, yeah, so, that's been mentioned. Uh, true. Anyway, okay, yeah, yeah we, we're a couple of minutes in and we haven't uh, gotten to the news, so... Uh, <laughs> No, 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 fair call. Um, no, that's that's fair enough. So, yeah, by way of introduction, this is the last for the year. And, yes, so despite the fact that you've unwrapped the Christmas present from Grand and you've realised it's not what I was hoping for, but it's still, it's still you know, it's still Socks something. Socks are handy. Still, that's right, <laughs> exactly. 
uh, as the, the thought that know, counts. The Australian Christmas <laughs> song says, you know, all the shops are open Sundays, buy your dad some socks and undies. Tra-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Um, so this is, this is by way of, you know, a, a gift under the tree and hopefully it'll get you through until the new year and until we fire up again. Um, but it's a, a bit of a wrap of the year. We'll, we'll, we will cover off the news so that you're all happy with that. Uh, and then perhaps some, oh, no, it's just the wrong season to say Easter eggs, but uh, <laughs> a, a little extra gift. Well, the, the, final, know, the, the final gift of Christmas. You look the at the Below Express the Fold. So this is about to be the news, and we'll get to it very quickly, folks. Um, <laughs> and then we do the Below the Fold, which is the, you know, the media bigger discussions. And then we're going to have our super special bumper Christmas holiday edition lift out at, at, at the end, um, where we sort of, you know, park... Um, you know, like <laughs> that was every amazing. <laughs> Very impressed with that. We're not so much going to uh, park as we're going to jump into every car in the car park and just kick them in the guts, fire them up, and just and see what happens. See we go. Anyway, but on, on on with the news. And on that mixed metaphor, we cross now live to the Australian Brews News Media Centre for a wrap of stories making news in beer this week. And Claire, we begin with the uh, brewer tax contributions have been revealed by the ATO. They have indeed. So you may know Pete. We've done it every year, um, much to the annoyance of people, I'm sure. But uh, the ATO releases the corporate tax information for Australia's largest companies. Uh, It's called their Corporate Tax Transparency Report. They've done it every, well, this will be the seventh year. um, And we've covered it pretty regularly, definitely while I've been here um, every year. One of the interesting things to note is that CUB's owners, of which there have been various, have never paid any corporate tax, according to the report. But this year they have. Or should I say 2019 to 2020, that's the the most recent year it covers. Uh, So CUB's owner, which was then AB InBev, uh, paid tax amounting to $113 million dollars which is actually 30% of its taxable income. 30% is supposed to be the statutory corporate tax rate. Um, Although it did give us some other information, um, apparently ABI, as was, uh, returned a total income of $4.1 and taxable income was calculated at $377 million. So there were lots of, there were some quite involved comments after we posted this one. I kind of just do it, it is a transparency thing. It's about holding to them account, holding them to account. But there are some issues with the corporate tax transparency report. They only give you three numbers. They give you total income, taxable income, and like the amount of tax paid. That's all they give you. They give you nothing else. And these are complex entities. Because am I right in saying that like as foreign owned entities, they don't need to file annual reports in Australia. They're you know, like an ASX. So if you look at Brew, for example, mm-hmm. having been at their annual general meeting this week, or if you look at Mighty Craft, they put out their results and they have yeah. to because they're listed on the Australian stock market, they have to report to the ASX and you get to actually dig through and you get to see an auditor's report and you get to see, mm-hmm. you know, all of those. So there is a huge level of transparency. Mm-hmm. These companies as overseas they don't have to do the same thing. So Yeah, so only their Australian entities, so entities that are based here, have their offices here, registered here, they are the ones that have to they're called large corporates and mm-hmm. they have to disclose to ASIC not publicly available unless you buy them. You can buy them. They're not yep. not same not same as the ASX where you can just go on. Which again is one it. of those you know. Yeah, it, it's and about it's a 40 bucks. It's an interesting. Yeah, it's and that's quite a lot. I did spend a lot on them. Sorry, <laughs> um, but anyway, it is a bit about that's transparency. What we do. That's where your money goes, subscribers. <laughs> yeah, like go. it's not you know people who you know I don't want us to flog the same horse I had last. <laughs> week. We actually go out and buy the corporate 
documents and stuff like that so yeah. we can report and bring you the news. And yeah, so it. the stuff that you get for free <laughs> is costing us money. <laughs> It's so true. Sorry, anyway. And I saw the bill and I was like, oh, sorry, Matt. <laughs> anyway, like, it's fine. No, all good. Anyway, but that, that's, yeah just, yeah, just like to, you know, get get our story in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, speaking of transparency, the New South Wales trophy changes hands in uh, a 2019 Indies correction. Yes, following on from the audit that the IBA did uh, with regards to the Indies in 2020 and 2021. Obviously, Richard Adamson and Kylie Lethbridge from the IBA came on and, and had a chat to us about, you know, just the mechanics of that, why that had happened um, last week or the week before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for them for coming on and explaining that. And then they, they've gone back and they've done uh, all of the Indies awards that were affected by the scoring matrices and they found that the New South Wales trophy in 2019 which was um, initially handed to All Hands Brewing should have gone to Modus Operandi so that's fingers crossed touch wood the last one I, I think they've done everything I've done it the, they've done the audit they've done it thoroughly um, and the IBA sent out a nice little message yesterday saying, you know, we've had obviously had a rough year and they referenced it and everything like that. And hopefully this will mean sort of a nice fresh start for 2022 uh, with regards to the Indies. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to Modus. Mm. Belated congratulations. Interesting because it was uh, all hands was such a surprise when they won mm-hmm. um, because they were just a little, you know, Sydney-based brew pub that you know wasn't really there or thereabouts in the craft beer space. Um, mind you, I think the brewers have left. Tim, uh, now I'm not going to try and pronounce his surname. Mm. Um, Rajnovic. Um, oh yes, Rad- Rajnovic. Um, who is up here? Now. <laughs> I'm not going to try and pronounce his name, but I'll butcher it twice. <laughs> Our colleague Vivian Topalovic is just Yay, laughing Vivian at my at attempt. Us. Yeah, top we lo- I'm going to start calling Vivian her Toplovic again. No um, joke. <laughs> should kick your ass. Look at it. <laughs> that good? Um, Tim's up here brewing for Brewdog and, you know, it, they've now become a Four Pines brew house that's part of the Sporting Globe. Um, and, again, it's very hard to get any information out of them. And so just to, just to draw a line underneath that, so that the audit basically went back to the champion trophy scoring process was changed, wasn't it? So originally it was like... Yep. Gold, yep. silver, bronze was three, two, one. It was decided by the advisory committee and whoever else that perhaps five, you know three, a gold one. is worth more, so it should be five, three, one. And then also, if you won a champion trophy in any category, it used to be I think three points, and it was one. So it just have changed, you know, like the tiebreaker sort of. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, go and listen to the podcast, the insert that we did with Kylie and Richard, yeah. and then also Claire's excellent conversation this week with yeah. Richard Adamson that takes in that and a whole lot more. Yeah, and there's a, yeah, a bit of confusion in the uh, allocating the points incorrectly or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. so the, yeah, that was the issue, yeah. So, so they know what's yeah, wrong audit, and they're all done now. It. Yeah. Apologies for making the background there. And next story, Claire. Uh, Bondi Brewing signs a US airline deal. This is an interesting one. Yeah, so a big deal for Bondi Brewing Co., a contract brand uh, based in Sydney. They've signed a deal with the US airline United, um, offering its beers on flights to San Francisco and Los Angeles from Sydney. Uh, they go two times a day, apparently. Uh, and the deal goes until March 2022. So it's obviously a really big deal for the brand. Um, big agreement big company that they're working with i believe they contract at a couple of places like the rocks um around sydney so none of which are in bondi which none of which are in bondi we shall 
Should Blow the Fold it? Well... Should we Blow the Fold it? Or not mention it? Yeah, no, no, no. no we'll, we'll, we'll punt this to Blow okay. the Fold. We'll, we'll punt the discussion. So, okay. yes. Because he raises a few issues about labelling yeah, we can and say, things like can, that. And also the podcast. So, yeah, we can yes. say congratulations. You know, any business that has this sort of uh, achievement. But then again, the Blow the Fold will be... Are they on it because they're the beer of Bondi? And what does that in fact mean? And how mm. transparent are they being about that? It's a good business deal though, isn't it? Good good money if you can get it. If you, oh, can, yeah. you can sign up a deal. Or is it a good brand mm. awareness? Oh, yeah. It's like brand campaign. awareness. It's not necessarily financial. <laughs> it, well, you know, when you look around on a plane, even now these days, when Pirate Life and things are on, you, you don't see that many people, you know, getting anything other than the Heineken um, still. It's great to be seen um, on it, you know, so, and, and also. There is that third-party endorsement. You know, like we all do. So, you know, when somebody tweets about us and we share that tweet because it's third-party endorsement, it's, you know, gee, we're good enough to be. So there's a, a brand. Apparently, um, when you speak to people in the industry, you know, you're making no money on it. The supply chain logistics oh, are terrible. So the beer is not looked after. It's old, you know, so it's not always the best representation of your brand anyway. Um, so there's a whole lot of stuff about it, but, you know, it's a marketing coup. Yeah. Which yeah, for a marketing brand, you know, is pretty apt. Well, quite appropriate. <laughs> That's kind of what you're supposed to do. Uh, complaint <laughs> spike, Claire, as ABAC judges major brands. And this is, just, I tell you what, this is just the uh, Christmas gift that keeps on giving. Most people will have, because Matt threw a brew in there with, uh, without notice. I reckon most people have got their Christmas bingo card filled out already. <laughs> Can we, yeah, uh, ABAC. Front and centre on them, I imagine. Go for it. <laughs> uh, so we've done our li- last little roundup of ABAC adjudications. Um, they had a couple of from Carlton United's portfolio brands that faced um, some adjudication decisions. Lots of our usual stuff, um, potentially appealing to minors, um, encouraging excessive drinking. Um, we've had one or two very well-educated uh, <laughs> complainants, as we usually do. Uh, Lions Forex has also got uh, also faced the panel with a complaint and a couple of other smaller brewers, seltzer, things like that. But what was really interesting about this one for me was that um, our regular listener, Daniel Ridd, he did a bit of a data gathering exercise for us and it was brilliant and we're so, we totally nerded out on it. Um, he got statistics for like the past... Oh God, how many years? Since 2004. And it we went through it all and looked at how many complaints the AVAC had received every year. Massively spiked in the past like year or two. Uh, obviously, as you'd expect, complaints about digital marketing completely skyrocketed. Uh, and but go and have a look. There's some really interesting data there about, um, you know, the proportion that are dismissed and upheld. So previously, uh, a lot of them were dismissed, more dismissed than upheld. Now it's very much a 50-50 split. Um, And we can obviously, you know, speculate on why that might be. Um, Maybe, again, below the fold. Uh, But really interesting statistics there from Daniel. So really appreciate that. And thank you very much. Hmm. I would not discount the uh, the role that Radio Brews News and Australian (laughs) Brews News in particular has played in um, promoting ABAC. Do you guys get the feeling that, um, um, there's but more look, awareness. Everyone at least knows what ABAC is. Everyone knows that it's... I, I, mm. Again, I would hope that it's understanding because, yeah. you know, like you, you still get the people in the industry who just weigh in with highly articulate, thoughtful comments like, this is just shit <laughs> um, on, on the Facebook post. Yeah. We should be um, able to do what we want. Creativity, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? If I want to make my beer appeal to children, I should be allowed to make my beer appeal to children. <laughs> Just you take know. a step back, guys. If I want to be a lazy, thoughtless, 
IP stealing <laughs> Twat. beer marketer, I should be allowed to do that. No, sorry, sorry, uh, that's harsh. That was a joke. Yeah, I was getting, I was, no, end of year, I was getting a bit over it. No, that, that's not what I'm saying. But if you took offence at that, then perhaps you know the shoe fits. Well, yeah, yeah. If 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 that upsets you, then have a look you around. Might, you might be the problem. <laughs> <obviously>. <laughs> so, you know, may not be you. But what, what do yeah. they say? If, you, if you're not laughing at the joke, then it's probably on you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So I, you know, I, I don't think that we trigger uh, an increase in complaints. I don't necessarily think that the people that are complaining are our audience, our when, regular no, listeners. Or no, I, I think they keep an eye on us. News. But yeah, like yeah, they've got yeah. their own agenda, and that's yeah. where it's funny when you read some of these where people are going yeah. and. Section three, line three item B two, of B, yeah, C yeah, yeah. Of, of the thing. Um, but I'm just a casual consumer and, you know, I, I, I love beer. I'm not a wowser, but section. And, you know, they go into the minutiae. And then ABAC has said oh, on previous, and you go, brilliant. who reads? Like, who, try and portray yourself as little person of the people yep, yep. who's offended yep. by community standards when you are obviously a professional complainant. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why I, I'm fairly secure in saying that we don't, increase the number of complaints. I mm-hmm. think we have hopefully um, increased awareness of it mm-hmm. in the industry and in, yeah. in, in amongst our listeners and, you know, through, through our coverage by mm-hmm. actually exposing. And then also hopefully because we are, you know, it's flawed, it's not perfect um, on both sides, but we are very supportive of ABAC mm-hmm. um, and hopefully, you know, our defending them and, you know, in explaining them um, helps – Stop yeah. those comments that you know people seem to think that they're the fun place. When uh, well, we are also Matt, if nothing else, a cautionary tale um, as to the alternative. So I mean, you know, ABAC's the lesser of two evils. Mm. So yeah. oh, absolutely, I was going to say, yeah. If you think ABAC are the fun police, wait until you see the Terminator three thousand model of the fun police that will come <laughs> if uh, yeah. the, the uh, Wowsers have their way. Yeah, exactly. Now, guys, I don't know because um, so it's been a long year, and I, I, I have a vague memory that if you did need, like, if you fell foul of ABAC and you needed to uh, perhaps change your labelling. Mate, we need to be careful. Like, I, I, I really think we need to be careful about only associating rallings with uh, ABAC. ABAC because they're going to start sponsoring ABAC, not us. Uh. You know, every ABAC judgment will have a if, – if this is your labelling, you can call us now. That's and we'll a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm no, presuming that's where you're going to go with that. Rallings are going to just pluck you out of the poo if you if you do fall foul. Well, because the thing is you might not do it deliberately. It might it, it could be a, an honest mistake or a misinterpretation of the the guidelines or uh, you just you know an idea that seemed fun at the time and <laughs> it was kind of like every episode this thing. Um, it seemed like fun at the time. One three hundred eight five two two three five, and I'll throw in another one later on with a nice uh, lead in. Okay, but I just thought. You, de- you never know when the opportunity is going to present where oh, it's going to just segue it. nicely. So Seize it when yeah. you can. Exactly. Speaking of canning and labelling, this might be an opportunity right here. Um, <laughs> apparently, Sea Legs have launched a mobile canning business. <laughs> yes. So Brisbane Sea Legs, uh, like many during COVID, made the old pivot into cans. They bought the canning machine. They thought, right, well, we know how to do this now. Uh, we've got a mobile canning, canning line. We can whack it in a truck. It's got wheels. How about... 
we spread the love and uh, see if there are other brewers in Brisbane that or surrounds, potentially further afield, uh, depending on how it goes. Um, but it was really interesting because they brought in um, a lovely chap called Murray Webb, who was previously in R&D and mining and worked in robotics and things like that. So he's got some credentials. Uh, and so I'm excited to see how it goes with them. Um, but new, new little service, really interesting in terms of business strategy for Sea Legs. Uh, obviously, we've all had it hard. We've all had it tricky. During COVID, Sea Legs was primarily a hospitality venue prior to this then started canning um as, as we mentioned like many do so just spreading their learning spreading their love a little bit and um getting another mobile canning business in the in the works and all, and we'll definitely follow this story up because it, yeah, it was an interesting goes. one that i was uh, speaking to john um and he just mentioned that that's what they were going to do and you see the pivots you know the, the, the business changes that breweries are making to try and find a, a way forward that you know mm-hmm. y- you're selling beer you've got your hospitality venue but then oh well we've got this canning line if we do this then we can sort of almost amortize the cost not just on our own beer but other things but you know there's always a, a an opportunity cost to anything that you make and so then you've got a business that's not your core business that can potentially become a distraction and you know you're sort of focused and then you've also you know competing against people that you've used yourself and uh, and, and, very experienced in that space very experienced in that space and you're opening a level of risk because it is a challenging thing um you know canning uh, as we've seen and and none of this relates to to sea legs or it's just a general general observation on on when you make decisions so I'll be really interested to follow up and see how it works out for them. And but yeah, it's a, it's these sorts of things. Given that we're an industry podcast looking at the business of the beer making, what makes businesses make decisions like this? You know, it's a, I, I find it fascinating, and hopefully our listeners do too. And we wish them well, particularly being such a, a fairly fresh face on the brewing scene. Claire, and this will be a good one for you to pronounce. One that's been around and is, in fact, celebrating 15 years is a Western Australian brewery by the name of... Kawaramup. Beautifully done. Yes. Smash. It's, act- it's actually cow aram up but that's all right. <laughs> Come on no, now. So give, me, give me a break. That wasn't too Kawaramup. bad. No, you nailed it. First go. Well done. <laughs> uh, celebrating 15 years. They are indeed. And I thought this was a nice little one to end on. We've sort of been in touch with the guys there, um, Claire Parker and Jeremy Good, every so often just about things going on in Western Australia. Yeah, they launched in 20, 2006 even. And they've just been like one of those solidly uh, consistent breweries, local brew pubs. Um, they've done a few bits and bobs like winning Champion Lager at the 2011 International Beer Awards. Uh, and they also recently set, helped set up the uh, Southwest Brewers Alliance. So they're just one of those like staples that you don't necessarily hear a lot about or celebrate a lot, but they're there, they're doing all this work in the background. Quiet achievers, we used Absolutely, to call them. absolutely. And they're celebrating uh, 15 years. So congratulations, guys. Um, awesome achievement. And on a personal note, can I just point out, they do make one of the most cracking Pilsners. And back in 2011, like you think Pilsners are hard to sell now, yeah. uh, probably even harder back then, oh, uh, wow. particularly a, a craft. Like I think a lot of people saw the name Pilsner um, on things like, you know, imported European yeah. premium style lagers, um, you know, that said Pilsner style or, you know, Pilsner like. Um, <laughs> made in the same brewery that Pilsner maybe made. Uh, <laughs> and, and sort of had the idea that that was, you know, a Pilsner was just a basically a, the lager that you liked that had a bit of 
you know, silver foil on the cap. Um, and so when people tried what was a more traditional sort of pill scenario, it was a bit of a hard sell. So um, they did particularly well. Well done, guys. Uh, and that's it for the news. That's a nice little quick wrap of the news, mm. which is good because we can get into the below the fold. Quick. Oh, I've just given it away now for those who are new <laughs> to the uh, the podcast. If you want, uh, you can bail now. Go and wrap your last year Christmas presents or um, start carving the ham, whatever you need to do. But come back during those lazy days between Christmas and New Year. We're here for you. Thanks very much for joining us. And now, thanks very much for rejoining us for Below the Fold. And Below the Fold uh, always starts with mailbag. Uh, don't forget you can review us on iTunes or send us in an email to be in the draw for the letter of the week. Uh, leave us a comment um, on our Facebook group. To join the Facebook group, just join, uh, search Radio Brews News and use the password Soapbox. And, of course, the mailbag is very, very proudly presented by our good friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Head to www.nzaletrail.com or at NZ Ale Trail on all the social media to find the best beer experiences in New Zealand, uh, some of which may be a Pilsner. Uh, I do remember Croucher Pilsner was probably, I had a, if I can digress just for a little bit, but one of the early good beer weeks um, mm. and there was a, a beer versus wine dinner. And I think uh, from memory, Croucher Pilsner was the only one, not only was just a, uh, just one of those inspired matches. And I honestly, I can't remember what the, what the food was, but I just remember thinking, well, this is, this is just, you know, it was like, you know, when you get a universal remote and you just think this changes everything. Oof. That's, no? That's, oh, that's okay. A, yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. Mm. <laughs> um, but it was just one of those, yeah, just a game changing experience. Mm. Now, a couple of comments, letters, cards. Well, Jeff Edney's, I'll just set up Jeff Edney's for those who aren't in the Facebook group and why wouldn't you be, you know, it's where the conversation happens. It's not, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's good stuff. Um, and thank you to everyone who participates in that and adds value to what we do um, through their time and their, their, their thoughts and their insights like uh, Jeff Edney. But I'd posted, I was quoted for, I was interviewed for a magazine called Seller or a, it's an online wine portal site and they uh, kind of said some very kind words about Bruce News and asked uh, some thoughts um, on the, the the industry and um, I might actually quote. <laughs> you quoting yourself? Well, I'm, <laughs> which is odd, <laughs> I know, um, and, I, I, and I didn't feel very comfortable because that's not what we do, mm. but... You know, when we've got this podcast that is of infinite potential duration and <laughs> you just stream of consciousness and you don't necessarily... I, I just love the... Well, while Matt's looking it up, I just love the deliciousness of the guy who thinks so deeply about what he says and then tries to clarify it four times <laughs> but now has to quote, read his own quote out. <laughs> well, and, you'll probably still, and you'll probably still rewrite it. Well, yeah, you will. I, I, if I could say that yeah. again. Oh, no, 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 what I, I mean, I don't want to be misinterpreted, <laughs> so I'll just dive a little bit deeper onto this. I, again, I, I, no, you know, I, I, I'll need to go back and actually check, but, you know, when I actually read my own purported quote, I thought, has that been edited? It's, you know, sort of, it was kind of like, no, it's actually like what I said. what he's talking um, about. So, you know... Um, is that good or bad? You worry well, me now. No, well, no, because like, yeah, like no waffle. It was just like I've got a, I've, you know, I'm speaking to somebody else. They're going to use my words. It's, mm-hmm. you know, they may 
chop the waffle out. So I need to say what I'm actually thinking. Mm-hmm. Shows I can do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Matt, we, you can do it now. We expect it from uh, now on. But the question was, you know, what is the challenge a small brewers face? And, you know, it, every aspect of the brewing, packaging and distribution process is harder and more expensive for small brewers. Their survival depends on consumers seeing enough value in the intangibles of being small, local and independent and the long-term value to an innovative and dynamic small brewing industry to pay the price difference to a value that they don't necessarily taste in the glass. And, you know, when you look at two identical beers on the shelves, one comes from a big multinational brewer and it's an awesome beer and the other one comes from a small local independent craft brewery and it's an awesome beer. But then you look at the ticket price between the two of them, you can't have a sustainable industry if people don't see the value in supporting. And and as consumers, you know, we, we talk about every vote that you make, every time you spend a dollar, you make a vote about the future of the industry. And that is, you know, a genuine, genuine thing. And, you know, as consumers, you know, we need to fork out more hard-earned than we need to for the same level of enjoyment that we get from the thing in the bottle. But if you can build the brand of independence and tell people why it matters, then they do get more out of, you know, it, there's all of those studies that show, um, you know, that if, if you tell somebody the story about thing, they actually get more pleasure than if they don't have the story. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, if they think that it's more expensive and that is part of what it is. And that's why I bang on so much about integrity around independence and you know why having breweries that trumpet independence and it matters until it doesn't what are consumers going to care about you know that $15 that they could be keeping in the pocket mm-hmm. when they're constantly told that well, even the brewers don't matter you know this week that $15 doesn't matter and you know the, so to me it was just a, a, a nice um, like it was just a summary of you know what a spent 350 episodes and then all the ones before that over 11 years trying to say um but then so so what came back from jeff was interesting because he said one of the biggest challenges and i think he's it's a really really valuable valid point but i think he's looking at the challenge in a you know it's a challenge that they need to take on as opposed to the challenge that they face you know and because he says i think the first challenge is quality without great consistent beer it's going to be hard to keep the customers you have let alone find new ones once you have the beers sorted, it is about knowing who your customers are and what your unique story is. And that's absolutely, and, and that's what I was saying. Your story needs to be more than just local because as the brewery grows and distribution widens, the local doesn't quite work. And you know, we've talked about you know, the rocket stages you know, when you grow outside of your, your local, and that's very true. Um, if you can tie up the beer with the brewery's uniqueness, it can work on a broader scale. Not an easy thing to do in today's crowded beer scene. Um, full disclosure, I'm a quality assurance manager. And I think the challenge of quality is absolutely a real one. But I was sort of looking at it when you've got, you know, the big brewers make quality beer. And for my challenge to come in, you're talking about two beers that are fundamentally of equal quality. And the difference is one is small and inefficient, one is big and efficient, and there's a price difference. And how do you make consumers give enough of a shit to choose one over the other, the, the more expensive one over the other, when it, it could be more? And, and, and that was um, where I saw it. But then Jeff touches on that. It was a really – so, yeah, it was a really, really great um, – that's why I love the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we've said it a thousand times. If you if you don't have a really good beer, that, that's got to be your first, second and third guiding mm. principle. Oh, that's, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because also, if you if well, you if you no, I won't say trick, but if you encourage somebody to try your beer because of a, a, a an authentic, unique brand story, um, the the uh, labels that Rellings may have done that were so good <laughs> that they just jumped off the shelves. And um, Abac said, 
you know what, we're, we're going to put this on our on billboards as you know the way to do a proper label and all that sort of thing. <laughs> so everything just worked perfectly. You get it, and the can's bulging, or it's flat as a shit Carter's hat, or it oh. I didn't realise it was going to be hazy or, oh, it's nitro and I, I didn't shake it. Or, like, there's all these other things that, that can contribute to, you know, them feeling dudded. And then there's just too many, you know, when Matt and I started banging this thing out, you know, you go, well, where else am I going to go? But now, well, you have 750 other choices of, of where to go if you if you decide. Or you can, you know, like was available in the old days, you'd go back to your mainstream because you go, well, I've never had a bad Carlton draft. And that's, mm. you know, and I hear that so many times where, you know, people revert, beer drinkers revert, they've had enough bad experiences for, you know, a $12 single can of beer that they, they go, and I know that I'm, like, I'm, I'm so lucky that we get sent so, you know, so many samples because there are so many beers that I just wouldn't go out and, and buy mm-hmm. um, because I'm a consumer too. Well, um, well you could miss them. But Pete, I'll just sort of pick up th- that point because first, second, third, making good beer. But that's you know the, the other thing that fascinates me. And, and Jeff talks about you know your as the brewery grows and the distribution widens, the local doesn't quite work, and and that's very true. But you know, like there are so many breweries I go into that at least to my palate, you're sort of thinking, oh, you know, this isn't there. But they've got a huge following. The tap room is full. You, they've got fanboys and girls on social media um, and you're going, well, look, you know... Summit's worked, eh? They're tasting the story. Um, or, but the other thing is that if, if you've cut your palate on beers like that, you know... If your I, locals like that beer, is that is that wrong? Oh, no. You know, but, uh, as you often say, Matt, you know, it's a, one man's fault is another man's feature. And, mm-hmm. and that's where, like, these are <laughs> very complex things that we're saying. But... Yeah, I don't like that sharp bitterness. I, you know, then someone else goes, what are you talking about? That's without that. It's yeah, that's not the best bit. You know, it's, and, not, and it's not beer. That, that's why, you know, look, listen to me. I'm just sort of bragging about my pithy quote and we spent three hours discussing it to, to <laughs> try and sort of uh, add a little bit more value to it. But And that was where that quote was really looking at, you know, if you're looking at two beers that are of the same, you know, inherent, you know, style and quality and things like that, that's where the, where, where the challenge is. I mean, there, there's all of these other things going on in, in, in the marketplace. But anyway, I think we've uh, sort of managed to actually yeah. depith my pithy comment. I would also say about the local bit, um, because as the brewery grows and distribution widens, the local doesn't quite work. Well, yes, that's true. But what if you do want to stay local? What if you don't have aspirations to go nationwide? Then I think that's a perfectly acceptable thing to pin it on. What if, you know, local is your, your local beachside community? Yeah. Where you say, yeah. say you're in Bondi, <laughs> an, an internationally recognised, yeah. you know, it, it's the symbol of Australia. It's up there, you know, Bondi mm. Beach, Sydney Harbour, Sydney Opera House, and it's there and people, and you want to make a beer that you call Bondi Beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, how do you do that when you don't have a brewery in Bo- Bondi? Or do you? And, and, and this, that's where, again, look, I, look, I, I, I don't want to have a go, but, you know, integrity of branding is one of the things that I always do come back to because if consumers can't trust the independent seal to be not just that this is known by the big guys but there is an integrity mm-hmm. to the labelling, then that undermines everybody because yeah. everybody competes with the worst operator. Mm-hmm. Um, and if somebody is getting a commercial advantage through doing something um, – that is less transparent or less, you know, things. Then everyone's competing against that, um, and if and it makes it harder to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it, Bondi is an interesting one because clearly they're making good beer. They've got a very strong brand. They've got a very good model. A lot of people are engaged with it, um, all of the things that it should be. But then when you look at the story, and we, we did ask, you know, we sort of celebrated congratulations on getting your beer on United. We wrote um, and sort of said, look, you know, interested in finding out a little bit more. And by the way, you know, where's the beer made? And the story on the website, which was what we were referred to, once upon a time in a little garage on the headland of North Bondi Beach lived a nano brewery known locally as the Ben Buckler Brewery. All types of non-commercial beers have been brewing in secret for many years at home. The dream became real once he teamed up with his mate and uh, Bondi Brewing was formed. Today we're a little bigger than the Nobo Garage, uh, so we brew from our mate's larger brewery to bring you Bondi's first and finest craft beer. You know, that is a very carefully crafted story that if you read, you know, if, if you're a casual reader, um, it sounds like, oh, there's this little brewery on, you know, called Ben Buckler Brewery. And, you know, so we respond, well, this tiny little brewery that you grew out of, did it ever have an excise permit? Because, you know... I've knocked out a couple of, uh, you know, Cooper's kits at, <laughs> at, at, at the Kelvin Grove um, garage. And, um, you know, you I'm, outgrew I'm, that fairly quickly, Matt. You know, <laughs> you know. It's a pretty easy one to grow Couldn't out of. Couldn't fit the and, line in the, uh, in the shed. And that's the thing. And look, you know, again, it's, it's marketing and a lot of breweries do it. But there is a, you know, if you just rely on that, mm-hmm. those words, you know, you're going to think that there is a little brewery in north bondi that has yeah. been making the beer and so, because everyone wanted it um you know it does remind me much more of how reading your articles from like 10 years ago how the big brewers sort of tried to spin that story to make it sound a little bit better than it is yep. or just twist it ever so slightly it's not a lie it's not quite well, I, I'm not suggesting that there's a lie yeah, but yeah. it's designed to convey an impression mm-hmm. that is probably that they're, they're that invests the product with a little bit more locality than is mm-hmm. true. You know, again, you know, not that he that it was Cooper's Kitchen or anything like that. Yeah. You know, but doing a home brew in you know, and even having a brewery name for it and mm-hmm. things. It's and I think that is interesting as well because, like, for most people outside Australia, Bondi is synonymous synonymous with Sydney anyway. So you could just say brewed in Sydney. Nobody would give a shit, because surely. And, and, and whether they care or not. Like the, but, and, and, yeah. oh, but, but people don't care about this. And uh, oh, I go back to Ben. Do. Well, I, I go back to Ben Krause saying, you know, well, if they don't care, put it on the label. Yeah, if, you know, you're, if you're not bothered, if they're not bothered, then what's the big deal? And just I'm sorry, yeah, it, if your defence is it doesn't matter, people don't care, yeah. then you've actually shot down the reason for not. And it, <laughs> this is where it's also a little bit, you know, um, the uh, IBA came out with some labelling guidelines a couple of years ago that just didn't even refer to the very clear ACCC advice following the one and only time that the ACCC has weighed into the brewing industry in a way that benefited small breweries, and even that's a matter of mixed opinion, um, gave very, very, very clear direction about what they expect and the ACCC's guidelines. And, you know, so when, when we asked about labelling, you know, the response came back, well, it meets the, it meets the IBA guidelines. Not, but the question was, does Did, it meet the ACCC guidelines, not the yeah, AVA? Does it reflect the ACCC's yeah. advice to the industry? No. And this is why it matters, which is also interesting mm-hmm. that um, Richard Adamson, you know, the new chair mm. of the IBA, came out this week and, you know, said that be transparent on your label. Yeah. Um, and he was very sh- he was very strong in that opinion. I wasn't mm. sure if I would 
um, get that from Richard. I thought he might be sort of not a fence sitter, but you know, tone it down a little bit. But he was like, no, we need to be more transparent. Young That's, Henry's is, is a contract brewery. Absolutely. They've, They've done contract brewing yeah. for people, um, and you know, they, they put it on their can. And you know, I, I think to some extent. You know, in in some quarters, they probably have had a little bit of side eye because you know, again, whereas Stoneham would always built their story on, will we want to keep the quality in house? We want to do all of this, and you know, we don't want to, you know, and go back and listen to the discussion, you know, the the, the podcast where we've uh, in, in in their own words, and it mattered until it didn't, um, and trans and you know, Green Coast Lager, transparently came to it didn't, and you know, we met the guidelines. Yeah, you know, sorry. That's meeting the minimum standard isn't. You know, anyway. Yeah, it's not what we should be doing as yes. an industry. We want to hold ourselves to a higher standard than that. And, and again, I'm sorry, like you know, Bondi. Not calling Bondi. There are a whole lot um, of oh, yeah, breweries that do the, the same thing, and it is accepted. And it is, um, but you know, if you're going to point to the IBA guidelines, you might want to give Rallings a call because it sounds like the IBA guidelines might be changing, um, and you won't be able to point to them anymore. Yeah. What would that number be, Matt? Ooh, Pete. Don't look at screen. Mate, I've got a speed dial in my phone. I don't need to think these things through. <laughs> and if you don't have it in speed dial, uh, I have it know, in my listener. memory. Uh, I've got it in my memory palace. One three hundred eight five two two three five. Yes. To discuss further, uh, and just to finish that off, yeah, uh, I'll leave you to ponder this one over the holidays, dear listeners. Um, have a guess. What percentage of people who drink this certain beer think it comes from a small brewery called the Great Northern Brewing Company, and why is it ninety five percent? Uh, thank you very much, Jeff. Um, oh, new, a new just got a few bits and bobs. Commenter, I think, to the group. Um, <laughs> uh, someone called Matt in the Facebook. <laughs> someone group. called Matt. Reasons oh, this to one made me laugh. PR, number forty-seven. We don't have now, to put those, it in, but I thought it was Christmas makes me very Grinchy for a, you know, and, and yeah, I don't want to go off on another rant, but I will. Please um, do. Christmas makes me very Grinchy because, you know. <laughs> PRs are desperately trying to flog stuff. Hi, Claire. I hope you're well. Christmas is once again upon us, and people will be stocking up festive essentials for gatherings between family and friends. When you are spoiled for choice for drinks, you may find it hard <laughs> to decide with them so far. Oh, yeah, okay. So why not let your star <laughs> sign and choose I'm out. for you? Instantly out. <laughs> But it, it, except this, you know, and, and everyone rolls their eyes. Everyone, that's why the Zodiac experts at Psychic World have teamed up with online cake shop, whatever, <laughs> Jack and beyond, and yeah, to, to reveal, reveal the perfect Christmas <laughs> tipple for each. And you're going, look, this could just be an octopus choosing these. This could be, but it gets prints. And, you know, and people wonder why there's no respect for journalism anymore because mm-hmm. you're just sort of going, you know, on one hand, yes, it's fun, but it's, anyway. Um. We did all have a gander as well. What are and we did it. We did. Idiots. We did. We are idiots. <laughs> we did have a look. What's your star sign, Pete? Let me tell you what what you've got. Well, so this is a funny thing. So uh, my wife and I were not actually compatible because she's a Virgo and I don't believe in bullshit mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're both Virgo, so we just ignore the whole thing. Yes. That's fair enough. Um, I'll have well, to tell I'm you. I'm a Virgo, but I'm on a Libra cusp. Yeah, that, oh my God, stop it all. You, you, guys, you guys are white Russians, just to let you know. So big Lebowski style, I want dressing gowns, I want you to go bowling, I want you to really lean into the white oh Russian. God. Maybe there is something to this star Maybe. sign. <laughs> if it just means I have to get to live Certainly in my over pajamas. the next two weeks it will be. <laughs> and I get a book's fizz as a Gemini. So there you go. That's all right. Another keen listener to the show shared a link. Well, she tunes in every now and then. Oh, occasionally, when she has yeah. to. 
A young lass by the name of Jo... Oh, I'm assuming she's a female. <laughs> uh, Joanne. Oh, this is good, though. This brings up a lot of stuff we've talked about this year. Um, jo posted uh, about Gordon's launching a non-alcoholic gin. And she points out they removed the alcohol but added coriander. She's not a coriander fan. Um, and well, there's a gene for that. There's a there's a genetic reason. Seven percent of it, yeah, yeah, tasted as either metallic or chalky or toothpastey. Oh, yep. God, I hate that. I hate to go through life not liking coriander. Uh, but importantly, she says rounds out with the impression of alcohol. What does that mean? Question mark. And then also, it's the same price as the alcoholic version. Are they just pocketing the tax savings? Interesting. Well, it's more expensive. Well, but that's the thing. Like, it's more expensive to produce. You know, there's a whole mm. lot of yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, again, like, if people are willing to buy it, they're getting yeah. value. You know, true. But to justify that from a price point must be quite difficult because people will have the same reaction as Joe. Like, why the hell is that the same cost as the stuff with alcohol? Mrs. Pilsner has been tra- taste testing non-alcoholic gins for the last twelve or eighteen months or so. Oh, Actually, yeah. no, before before, lock- before the first lockdown, so oh, yeah. back when um, when everything was normal and common sense ruled. And she has found quite a, a few interesting ones where it's quite you, you get the pronounced botanical sort of thing. I don't know why you throw coriander in because it's not traditionally Mm-mm. a gin. Well, would flavor. it give it a slightly it oily character, which gives it that alcohol? Because alcohol maybe. does have a feel, um, and alcohol is a flavour and a mouthfeel. A texture, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, look, at the end of the day, she hasn't found one that is. She, she's found plenty that she's more than happy to drink um, and go, well, you know, you put a bit of cucumber or, you know, a lime and soda and, you know, whatever mm. else. Um, because she's also discovered some mixes that are based on gin and tonic or um, yeah, there's a, another one, a, a tequila type of thing, yeah. uh, which is just, it's just a grown up. Soft drink, mm. yeah, but and, so and look, money out there. Gordon's, I think, are just a bit late to the party. Oh, but yes, but it, yeah, the interesting one for me is what, as Matt says, yep, it's more. But the consumer doesn't know that it's more expensive, and and should, they shouldn't care because shouldn't they go? Why am I paying the same? It's like everyone who complains when you know the packet of chip, chips shrinks or the Mars bar gets a bit smaller, but the price stays the same. They're all up in arms. You go, and that's that. that that's that's just business, you know. We haven't put the price up. We've just made the product a little bit smaller. Shrinkflation. I don't, that's I don't agree, though, that alcohol should be, you know, alcohol is it's a syntax that's put on it. Mm. That's two words: s i n t a x, not syntax grammar. Yeah. yeah, and um, so it, it should, you know, we're we're conditioned to know that it's it's supposed to be more expensive because it's alcoholic. So it's mm-hmm. it's supposed to be. Uh, drunk responsibly and, and considered and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a piss take, I reckon, to be saying, here's everything you want except the alcohol. Um, but it's the same price except the alcohol. Well, and, and, and but that's, I mean, the, the, the product and our marketers will weigh in and at me, um, thankfully, um, you know, with much more considered. But, you know, there is the product life cycle when something is new and, you know, the, the value of the hype, the media hype is getting people, you know, convincing people that there is value yeah. there. Um, that you know, when something is new and it's interesting, you, you you pay more money for it, and then as it matures, there's going to be a lot more pressure. So you know, all of these small businesses that are making very expensive zero alcohol products now, you know, will probably want to be bought, you know, within the next twelve, eighteen months, two, three years, mm-hmm. um, before the product matures and more players are in and there's a competition and, you know, um, th- there's a price pressure on it because it's expensive to make. I mean, it's expensive to make well, you know. And uh, again, after the, the, the chat with um, the guy, you know, their business, they do what they want and they said that they weren't um, going to sell. But you kind of think, well, the, the value 
to a brand like that is potentially if there is, you know, you can't have Heineken on the supermarket shelves or you can't have a mainstream beer brand and how that would enforce that, I don't know. Mm. But you can have a standalone alcohol brand on the shelves because how is that different to, you know, soft drink and things like that? And it's not confusing consumers. You can't be accused of grooming the next generation of, of beer drinkers. And, you know, having a very strong brand like Heaps Normal that is only non-alcohol um, would would be that. Um and do you sell now or do you uh, wait until yeah, potentially somebody else, some other brand gets bought um, and you know there's only so much market for these things or until they bring out their own go mm. well so interesting but if you if, if you like zero alcohol and you mm. are willing to and you see value in it you know you do you um, because and it's also uh, going out with one of my friends that doesn't drink the choices out there for people that don't drink alcohol are pathetic. Like, they are terrible. Like, they're absolutely shocking. You either have a Coke, which is obviously not great for you if you're not wanting to have sugar, etc., or you have, like, a rank lime soda or something like that, mm. and it's horrible. And everyone knows and yeah. things like that. And, and, you know, mocktails, there's something like 17-year-old, even though what it's, it's an intellectual difference between a mocktail and an mm-hmm. alcohol-free spirit. Mm. Um, but, yeah. And, and and that's why I love to get off the waters. Um, heaps of normal. I, I think some of their marketing and their, their communication. Oh yeah, they've done a great job. It's genius. That's it. All right. Enough about yep. chatter about non-alcohol on a basically alcoholic beverage based <laughs> podcast. And the number one. Are we still number one? Are we up there? I think we are. Yeah. Like our numbers. Recently. Number one. Given that we don't send stuff out to, you know, SEO generate, you know. No, look, yeah, to be fair, I think we've actually, we, uh, the Australian Beer Pods um, season finished at the right time for us because we went out on top and then, like, James Atkinson uh, dropped his Chuck Hahn and some other, he's he's dropped some quality uh, podcasts, you know, but it's beer, but it's and whole of drinks industry. Um, So, And, and the boy was trained well. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. No, he, he, James actually studied audio production or you know, um, radio production, I think, radio journalism. So, um, no, I can't take any credit for that. He does have a bit about that uh, about his voice, doesn't he? That wasn't my James Atkinson. <laughs> that was a terrible <laughs> James Atkinson. You work on that. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to do a James Atkinson. I was trying to do a uh, you know nineteen fifties radio voice. Oh, okay. And Bradman went on to make a double century. <laughs> That's better. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. was really good. Oh, I'm very impressed with that. That's it for the That's mailbag. It really, yeah. What tickled you in all the right places this year? I was quite happy with my coverage of zero alcohol this year. I think lots of we've as we've mentioned in the podcast a lot. Oh, I see the problem hype. here because you do so many of the stories. I can't really. <laughs> it's kind of like asking you to praise your own yeah, journalism. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes, yes. My fault. My fault. I, I remember this great story. I did. <laughs> do, do you think we've improved, Claire, or is is the market as saturated as it needs to be? Do we have room for more? zero alcohol and if so do the does it, do we need to uh, do something different i think we've got and a I, I'll, touch I'll preface of this by saying i, I mm-hmm. have, have tried plenty and at the risk of ticking another box but i look at the brick, brick lane sidewinder mm-hmm. from me from memory and, and as far as my extensive research goes that's the only one that's not a you know a low a zero alcohol version of a lager. It seems to be the only one that A has gone for for the ale and mm-hmm. B has gone for the hazy. Yeah. So for me, yep. it was the one that it, it 
as Matt said before, it, it made up a little bit for that that texture loss. Mm. It made me think of something else other than what's not there because yeah. it had these other other flavour points. Whereas a lot of the other ones, I'm going, this tastes really good. And and look, uh, by way of explanation, yesterday spent a lot of time training the puppy and cracked a a Budvar non-alcoholic. And it was the first beer for a couple of days and it was a hot day down here and it was, and it, I really enjoyed it. I, and I didn't, and because I was slightly distracted and I wasn't, you know, doing review on it um, or writing tasting notes, I didn't notice that the alcohol wasn't there. I just noticed this is satisfying. It's a really nice beer. I haven't had that with many other offerings. So no, and I think it's an interesting point that you make that people do start with a style like a lager for no alcohol, and you're like, why would you start with that particular style? It doesn't seem to be. There's not a lot of places you can hide. Are they starting like do the, the mainstream or a brewers pale have? Elf. But yeah, so you know, hops. I, I, I guess that's the thing for the mm. for the craft beer drinker. Something hoppy. You know, we haven't really seen. Uh, have I missed the matter? Is there is there a, a, a non-alcoholic IPA that's just like a big well, sober hop does a lot bomb. of all that. Um, let me have a look at that. But like, you don't really see in a zero alk dunkel or a you know zero exactly. alk heifer. Oh, actually, well, you do from from Germany. Um, yeah, yeah, they are a little bit sweet and a little bit you know worthy. Um, yeah, yeah, but I still, find. Pre- I, well, I I still reckon pretty passable. Yeah, the, oh, Erd- the Erdinger and the and the Weinstefan, I reckon, are, are, are belters. At the Brisbane Oktoberfest, mm. regularly, you know, drink the alcohol-free versions. It's, it's one of the few places I actually do um, yeah. opt for them. Oh, here we go, though. Um, Sober does a Pilsner, an IPA. The Aspen. Uh, yes, that's the one, Lemon Aspen Pilsner. Um, they've also done a Myrtle, Aniseed Myrtle Stout. Which would be quite interesting. Oh, there you go. Okay, there you oh, go. Stout, so sorry. there's a few, there's a few knocking around, but like you say, that that's few and far between. They're the only ones that I can think of that yep. do a lot of that kind of range. So, so where does it go next year, Claire? Um, it, I reckon we we've got some wiggle the... room. I reckon we've got some wiggle room. Um, does it maintain its momentum, or does it? Oh no, definitely not. I'm going to go for a slight incline. I'll be interested, again, because I come at it from the amount of media attention versus the mm. size of the market. Um, so really looking at the media angle and everyone's done alcohol-free. Like uh-huh. it's just been written about um, and I wonder how much, you know, and I see it as an SEO play. Again, uh-huh. it's why I'm critical of, you know, stories that are just about SEO and not about substance because it distorts the marketplace, it distorts people's um perceptions and things like that and, and you're just sort of looking for a story to get readers as opposed to writing to inform your readers mm-hmm. which is what a lot of it is i'll be very interested to see what alcohol free does in the mainstream media next year mm-hmm. and then you know when it comes down to not the free media but having to actually start advertising and driving the business that way mm-hmm. um whether it grows because again like fantastic product I do I have to say this again fantastic product not shit canning it in any way but I'm trying to work out what the broader you know everyone's going oh people are drinking less people are more mindful consuming and going yes but does that mean a they're going to drink beer does that mean that they're going to pay a price point for you know all of the things we yeah. talked about before yeah. um, and 22 will be a very interesting because we're, we're going to start to see some of that up, updraft be balanced out by a bit of the realistic gravity of the marketplace, I suspect. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll be interesting to see whether it has enough 
engine to uh, keep its upward trajectory <laughs> against that gravity without an updraft. Enough fuel in the pipeline. How's that for a tortured metaphor? There we go. We well, to torture it even further, let's say, you know, it's Cathy Freeman, we're, com- we're coming around, it's 800 metres. Um, who wins the race? Is it non-alcohol or hard seltzer? <laughs> but, different all order, but, but that's the thing. Like it, it, and that's where it's fascinating. But they're both competing, aren't they? They're both competing for share of throat. Well, they are in a way because they're both playing into that we're a health drink market. Um, you know, seltzers are for people who want to feel better about drinking alcohol. Um, the alcohol-free is for people who want to feel better about not drinking alcohol but still have an adult beverage. Um, and, again, like that's one of the things that I just does my head in that – um, brewers, you know, again, I completely understand from a business sense why they're getting into the hard seltzer market because there's an audience for it and they want to be in it and it broadens your business base and all of those sorts of things. But when you buy into the same marketing that, you know, this is natural flavours, you know, you're automatically side-eyeing the industry that gave birth to your business. And, you know, people disagree about whether, you know, well, people who drink beer are going to drink beer anyway, but over a sustained period of time, having that just very low-level shit-canning of beer as an unhealthy drink does have a massive impact on, on, on it. And people just sort of, you know, almost... Beer has almost become, you know, for the alcohol, the carbs, the, um, you know, culture, you know, everything, it's almost become seen as a guilty pleasure as opposed to, you know, you, know, you almost have to justify. So, yeah, it's, yeah so, I, I mean, look, seltzer... Will it go from – is it strong? Can it go from strength to strength? Because this was meant to be the year of seltzer. You know, it was a year ago that we mm. spoke to RI, IRI and, you know, it seems to be there. But I'm going to yes. call it now, dead in the ass. It's going to be – we won't talk it. about them in June. I reckon it might hover around for a bit, seltzers. Like you uh, say, it it's an all right option. But I say, you know, yeah. people, you know, Matt and I often get criticised for being old, but you know, I just say, well – you know, new world record, yeah, longest consecutive days alive. Um, <laughs> but what that does give us is experience and there's not much that we haven't seen before. You know, the older you get, the more you go, yeah, you know what, this has been around before. This, is, this isn't the great new thing. This isn't the, the – you're not the first to discover this and experience this. It's, it's been done before, millions of times before. Um, and I remember back in the early 90s when Two Dogs – Mike's Hard Lemonade, and there were a couple of other brands that came through. And they came off the back of the the, the next big thing was going to be, you know, West Coast Cooler and Breezes and uh, Wine Spritzer sort of things. Then we had the Hard Seltzer. It was just called Hard Lemonade back then. We, yep. we weren't referring mm-hmm. it to Hard Seltzer. But it came and went. It, it, before you knew it, it, you know, just when you thought it was just going to take over, everyone's going, yeah, try that now. I'm going back to beer or I'm going to, you know, whatever else. Um, so I, I don't think it's got legs. But that's just me. Well, I mean, tell us what you think, listeners. There, there's there's a market for it. People are drinking it. You know, that there is. You know, like we, we saw somebody or something hard yeah. fizz. I, or, I, you know. We certainly won't have the same. I don't think we'll see the same uh, numbers of particularly craft brewers or small brewers or independent brewers or whatever uh, pumping out seltzers. I think a few of them will go. Yeah, we tried that. It's not oh, our yeah. business. Yeah, I agree. Try but something different. But, but that's also yeah, in the same market. way that they all everyone everyone had a cider twenty minutes ago. We, we're not talking about that anymore. Yeah, and, well, and, 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 and none of them ever sold. But again, you know, yeah. craft breweries making a cider from concentrate. Um, you know, you're just using your, the, the the same shiny um, stainless that you make that the beer's coming out of. But yeah, you're not. But I could uh, never understand that. Like they're going buy our beer because craft beer is quality. We're different. We're doing, and then they would just ferment concentrate for their cider. Um, and a lot of them 
did this. And uh, some of it could have been quality, uh, you know, from um, people like Cryo Malt, for example, right, uh, uh, or our friends at Bintani. A lot of them were making good cider. Like it, it yeah. was interesting cider. But you're sort of going, well, it, it, what are you telling consumers about integrity? When well, integrity only matters in beer, but you know we'll cut corners and do things cheaply just so we can. You know, I would rather get Willie Smiths on the the the, the tap or something along those lines. But that's you know, where you know protecting the brand value of what you're producing isn't just about your own brand; it's about what you stand for and represent and things like that. What was your highlight for the year, Matt? Surprising, but you know, seeing the number of breweries that have gone back to lager in in all of their forms, mm. you know, whether it's a Mexican cerveza um, or whether it's uh, you know just sort of a, you know, a, a light lager, or whether it's you know lagers that you know edging towards pilsnerish, um, I, I do like that because it rounds out the like you know. What brewers should be doing, like having a rounded pour, unless you're a, a speci- you know a specifically an IPA brewery or you're you know you you you're a stout brewery or whatever it might be. I like I like the fact that we've I feel that we've been ignoring lager for too long, thinking it's it's what you know that that's what sets us apart from the mainstream. So we don't want to be part of that. But I think coming around to the realization that that's 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 the ninety five percent. There's a, there's a lot of drinkers out there who might try yours. Um, you know, who 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 you're never going to hook on a pineapple IPA mm-hmm. milkshake hazy. Well, again, you know, always try and check my stream. own um, preferences. You know, when, when we talk about so, so, well, you know, like pineapple hazies aren't something that I enjoy drinking, but at the same time, there is a market for them. This is why they matter to to the industry. Um, you know, lagers are something I enjoy drinking, but I'm fascinated because, you know, as somebody who first started drinking beer when the 80s craft beer, um, I won't call it a wave, Ripple um, came in, but it gave us Matilda Bay. But then, you know, there were breweries in southeast Queensland that, you know, went to not having any idea. There was just stainless steel in the corner. And, you know, they tended to make, you know, lagers that competed with the big brewers and then their craft offerings were English ales and, you know, maybe, you know, a, a redback style, you know, wheat beer or things. And it was the very, very traditional classic beers and on one hand they were competing against the biggest brewers for their lagers um you know and, and the prices and then the micro brewed beers were traditional beers that didn't really excite people who just wanted a, a nice crisp clean lager and that was where the the hop driven beers of the you know late 90s early 2000s sparked enthusiasm because they tasted different they showed new flavors they were robust and interesting and engaging they were different to what went before and so for a long time, you know, whilst you sort of say, well, you know, and, and we all trotted out the Fizzy Yellow Lager line in the early 2000s to create a point of difference. Um, back, back when we weren't worthy. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, yes. Um, and but, and I, don't, I, mean, I don't have a go at Stone for that because we were all doing it and Ding. it's what made, you know, us talk about the craft beer revolution. But there was also the other element that if you'd asked 2005, Matt, um, should I make a lager? I also said no, because you're going head-to-head against the big brewers and you can never compete with them on size. But that's where, as the industry's matured, you're, not, you're actually not competing with them on size um, anymore. You're not on scale. If you can justify your price for your beer... Um, and great example, um, Heads of Noosa that I've banged on a, a about a little bit again, because they 
we'll get them on the podcast um, early in uh, 2022 because talk about sticking to your own lane when everyone else is doing hazes and things like that. You know, what five years ago they opened a brewery, glass bottles when everyone was going to cans, lagers when you know no one wanted to make lagers, and a Japanese lager. Um, you know, they seem to be going. Um, from strength to strength and the, the beer like my christmas gift um to people this year was um or is the japanese lager or the 3.5 because they're beers that i just think are awesome but they also appeal to people that you know i could never give a lot of the craft beers to and and to me i find their success um very exciting because it shows that if you can build a brand and you can go head to head with products that are, are bigger same-ish, you know, in, um, as far as the drink is concerned, and, and, and succeed. And that's why I find the, the, the growth of lagers successful, that, you know, it, it, it really focuses on your brand strength, not just your brewing chops um, to, to, to make it work. Nice. What about you, Pete? One simple joy. I think the last uh, probably 18 months, but particularly the last 12 months, has um, uh, I've embraced the ability to switch off and, and just, just ignore noise. Um, it's it's funny how not being able to, to do a lot of the things means you just kind of focus on, okay, well, what, what can you do? And so you just have a bit more appreciation for, um, you know, the little things. And just, just little things like, you know, like, you know, family and reading and catching, you know, discovering new podcasts. Um, hopefully people are discovering this one. Absolutely. No matter if you listened to it before. Yeah, can I, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's it for me. That's just a, a nice little simple Aww. one. Now, speaking of important listicles um, that add value <laughs> um, and gravity and weight to the discussion, and will inform you so you can make important business decisions, and not just to get a little bit of clickback. I've just received an email, and it li- literally just come in. Top five food and beverage no. trends ripe for investment in twenty twenty two. Grant Thornton, which is a not insignificant accounting yeah, firm, very big. releases the Food and Beer Deal Tracker 2021. Anyone want to have a hazard a guess what the top five food and beverage trends ripe for investment are? Tell me it's not no alcohol. It's not no alcohol. Okay, that's fine. Is it seltzer? It's not seltzer. Is it pineapple IPA? <laughs> um, How much of it is alcohol? Anything to do with fruit? Uh, no, well, it's, it's just food and beverage. So... Despite the various challenges presented by COVID-19, the agribusiness food and beverage industry has been resilient, uh, a resilient capital market to perform with Australian businesses achieving outstanding results in the domestic and global mergers and acquisitions and the initial public offering markets. Grant Thornton today released its bite-sized deal tracker 2021, taking a closer look at domestic and global trends of M&A and IPO activity for agribusiness. So you think, like, if you've got a bit of money, this is mm-hmm. where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Number five, well, uh, they're not numbered, they're just <laughs> listed, oh, right. so I'm oh, presuming that well, it's... it's sort of of yeah. okay. okay, distillers and vintners. Oh. This year's deal tracker report discovered distillers and vintners accounted for 22% of all Australian acquisition deals in 21. Mind you, now, this is the thing. Are they are they being acquired because they're failing and they're cheap and they're bad to invest in? Yeah, weird. Number two, plant-based meats. Now, you're going to get yourself into trouble calling plant-based meat, Ooh. but that's a whole other thing. Part of the innovation in agricultural products has seen a rise in production of plant-based meat alternatives. Um, or meat alternative, yes. So, plant-based meat, which, again, it's been in all the papers. Yeah. You'd really Hype. Hyped up. Yeah. Hashtag <laughs> okay. not Here's an interesting one. 
innovative agricultural products. <laughs> so is what that, does that mean? I don't know. Is, is <laughs> With, so give an example. with the increasing emergence of new technology for all sectors, food and beverage producers are proactively integrating them into their operational and productive processes. Despite the composition of deals of, for this subsector staying consistent with the historical period, that this is bullshit. The size what does of that this, mean? what does it mean? Like this is just words. Um, uh, this, uh, to, uh, agricultural product deals have seen an increase due to the push for innovation. I love innovation what? in the what? subsector to reduce costs. So but what is it? Give me a fucking example. Carbon capture. It doesn't say anything. Oh, doesn't. That, so that's what I mean. What nightmares? Maybe you need to download the report. Oh, um, okay. Prepackaged meals. So TV snack. T- t- oh my god. Prepackaged meals. So pre-peeled <gasps> we're all carrots. All sadders that don't want to cook. Gone it. are the fish fingers and soggy frozen vegetables, and instead Australians are enjoying a fresh soggy vegetables, <laughs> tender meats, healthy sides. I don't know. Have you ever bought a pre? Um, I'm not going to lie to you. In the UK, they are much more prevalent than yes. they are here. Like, okay. if I was desperate, I'd have a nice carbonara or something. Like are we I talking TV dinners? Yeah, TV dinners. Yeah. yeah. They're oh, crap, they're yeah, crap yeah, yeah. over here. And they're terrible over well, here, though. I would never. I would never have them. I find them so salty or mm. oily. Okay, so, the, so they're the top four. Anyone want to hazard a guess what the number one food and agribusiness, food and beverage trend, acquisition trend for 2022 will be? I don't know now after this terrible list. could be anything. (laughs) This highly detailed, specific, nuanced list that isn't just about getting Mm -hmm. SEO clicks. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it small, independent, conscious businesses? No. No, no, no. No, Because there's no money to be made in there. There's money to be made in saying you're one. There's not money to be made in actually being one. Um, uh. No, number one, craft beer. Over the past few years, Australia's what? interest and idea, thank you, um, and consumption in the craft brewery sector has continued to grow. The market has exploded over the last number of years with many new beers and ciders produced. Yes, that is actually very true. That is well, astute. I mean, that is, it's, yeah, it's true. <laughs> that, that, that is an astute observation. <laughs> Again, you might have read about it in the papers. As these new products gain increasing acceptance, more transactions are taking place. The report found the number of transactions in the Australian brewery subsector currently makes up 4% of Australian deals. And this oh, that's is quite ex- impressive then. But how many, there was one... Oh, one big well, one. Yeah, I mean, like, there's two mm. birds in January... And semi-pro. Count and Count. semi-pro. And I don't think they do, you know. And again, like, you know, like semi-pro was a nice fit that it wasn't mm. this business is tearing. Taking over. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we need to get their growth. It was kind uh-huh. of like, mm, you know. This works for it, us. It works, it works, it works for, for both yeah. parties. Um, so it must just be less than what. And this number is expected to grow significantly in the next 12 months with a major contrib- contribution from craft breweries. Wow. Wow. Okay. I don't know about that. We're parking that, Joe. Put that on our 2022-23 review list. I want mm-hmm. us to see. Um, Let's follow up next year. Yeah, see what yeah. the changes are. So anyway, that's, it, it, if you want to know why, you know, again, this is meant to be a major investment firm telling wow. you something that is informative and interesting. Um, and it's why I hate listicles. Can you forward me that? I'd like to have a go. I will. That. Thank you. I will. Well, that was that was a wild ride there. That was um, just a little bit of a light note. Did, did I, I post it to my Facebook feed? I didn't post my my personal Facebook mm. feed, which is kind of like open because I've got more friends than I could sit at my Christmas table. Which is <laughs> in reality, I would find it hard to fill my Christmas table. Um, the did did you see the giant straw Christmas goat in Sweden? 
Oh, I love that. Everyone, Pete, did you see it? I did not. Okay, I'll, I'll post it to the oh, Facebook the group. The Swedes, a little town, brilliant marketing exercise. 50 years ago, they decided, you know, goat bock to be, you know, Christmas Sagittarius. They made, and, and uh, apparently it's a nativity thing in Sweden where, like, you decorate little um, straw goats around the house. It's a classic Christmas oh, decoration. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's like pine cones here or, you know, things it's like that. It's a bit wicker man, a bit Guy Fawkesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit, okay. so, so, so they did. And so they decided, well, this is a, we're going to make the biggest. Um, goat. So they made a, like a 50-foot <laughs> straw goat um, <laughs> that they decorated like a Christmas tree, stood in the town square. And it's for fi- in 55 years, 35 of them, it's been burnt down or otherwise destroyed. Oh, um, oh I love which, it. I, I get, like, it's, in a world where Die Hard is a Christmas movie, this is the Christmas <laughs> tradition, the, the, the nativity that we, we need to have. Um, and, you know, apparently it's pumped fill w- full of anti-inflammatory treatise of stop it from burning and things like that. <laughs> but whoever wrote the article were, just, just wrote it with such poetry. Um, it was good. Talking yeah. about it. And then you get to go and read the Twitter feed. So this year, for the first time in, I think, five years, it's been burnt down. Um, I'm so proud. And you know, they, <laughs> no culprit has been caught or anything like that. And <laughs> it's uh, But people have apparently planned <laughs> to take, steal it with helicopters and they got uh, elaborate about it yeah, haven't they they well, got really it's elaborate. under 24-hour closed-circuit tv and they've security, got security guards, guards and they've got you know, security guards people are lobbing goat. flaming arrows into into it <laughs> stuff like that and it's just brilliant and and that was my oh, little bit of non-beer heaven. related christmas christmas cheer the the way that the town on one hand <laughs> you know are frantically trying to stop this from happening but when it happens there's kind of like a quiet you got us guys you know sort of and they <laughs> play into it so it's you know people are still prosecuted and fined and yeah. I don't think anyone's gone to jail but it's still it is oh it's, but it's totally part of their narrative as well that that isn't this the nice joke that everyone set, tries to set it on fire <laughs> And it, let's face it, the thing is there to lure tourists. Oh, and brilliant. If it gets burnt down, oh, on fire. Yeah. Well, but it, it, it just increases exposure and its awareness and the love and people going, <laughs> I wonder if it's going to be burnt down while I'm there. And, you know, anyway, just brilliant. <laughs> and on that note, is that Christmas done? That's Christmas done, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, and yet, and there, there, there may be, you know, um, given what, January 26th, we're going to see um, hot cross buns for sale. Um, or is that, yeah, after once once turkey sounds, hot cross buns come out. Do they? You know, yeah. may, maybe we're done. Maybe, you know, Easter egg, don't know. Just if you're Hang around and listen one. to the end. Well, perhaps, perhaps this is the end. Perhaps there's something, or is it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but on. actually, Pete, just, uh, you know, while we're in the Christmas eggnog spirit under the mistletoe, big kiss. To everyone who's listening to this, to you know, everyone who has uh, you know thanked us, reacted angrily, contributed, reacted angrily isn't um, you know because I don't think we've had too many bad faith conversations with anyone this year, um, you know. But the the people that support us, the people that listen, the people that have done reviews, um, you know, I, I describe this part of the week as talking into a dark room because we're talking to each other um, and at some stage people pick it up and, you know, the conversations that come back to us, you know, it, it's it's immensely, immensely gratifying. Um, 
not as gratifying as a paycheck at the end of the week, but you know, <laughs> you do you, listener. <laughs> kind of everything. Listen, contribute in any way that you can. Um, but we, we, we thank you for that because it's uh, it really is a very very valuable uh, you know thing that you give us. It is, and it is very much appreciated, and we look forward to sharing it again. Um, and you can listen to the back catalogue. Uh, be interesting to see how our opinions have changed yours and how perhaps your opinions have changed ours and have our opinions actually changed. Um, you know, we and tend to make a lot of predictions on this show and, well, and uh, some of them don't come true. Well, it's a bit, that's, we're, not, we're not Nostradamus and nor was Nostradamus right. Nostradamus, incidentally. Um, it depends on how you interpret it. But the one thing that we always do here, Pete, is... We and it, it's one of the criticisms we have for people who just weigh into the comments. We don't just give our answer; we show our working, and it's a messy process. My mind messier than my process messier than others, but yeah, <laughs> this podcast is all about showing our working and how we get to the the the, the point that we do. Very wide margins on the page. It's fair to say here at uh, at Radio Bruce News, so you can see all of our notes and workings outs. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So disagree, terrorist part, but. You know, we do it with love and you do exactly. come back at us the same. And on that note. Uh, on, thank you, Mac, and Merry Christmas to Mac as well, the latest, the newest team member. Yep. Uh, Merry Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, uh, Claire. Merry Christmas, Pete. Merry Christmas, Pete. Merry Christmas, Have Claire. A good one. Merry Christmas, Matt. May the, uh, yeah, the season's blessings upon you all. And thank you again, listeners. Have a great Christmas and New Year. We'll be back the, what is it, the Monday the 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th of January. Um, We probably won't have a beer as a conversation that week. Um, But yeah, so we'll be back just to talk about the next couple of weeks um, around about the 13th of January. And on that note, thank you very much to Crime Alt, to Rellings Label Stickers and Packaging and to our friends at New Zealand Ale Trail. Uh, And thanks to all the supporters who've looked after us this year, uh, whether you're a sponsor or a subscriber, whether you get your name read out on the the podcast, uh, and particularly to all those who have engaged, as Matt said before, with your comments and questions and uh, all the little fun stuff uh it's great that you know we were just saying before before we uh hit the big red button to record that yeah. uh beer it's just you drink it responsibly but don't take it too seriously instantly thank you to, to the, the industry lurkers who you know for, for reasons of their own and it's very hard when you work for a business to comment on a story or an observation or a comment that if you do it publicly could be seen as side eye or things like that and mm-hmm. you know Thank you to all of the people who participate outside of the formal channels as well because, you know, that really does inform a lot of um, the breadth of opinion that we're able to and, and breadth of um, discussion that we're able to uh, provide here. Exactly. That's it for 2021. And what an hat of a year it was <laughs> overall. So let's, uh, let's no, bring on... No, no, I'm not going to... Sorry, I'm, I'm not going to let, I'm not, I'm not let that go unchallenged because, yes, yes, it was, but Pete, you taught me the value of red thoughts into green thoughts. Mm-hmm. That is one of those ideas that takes root um, and yep. grows and framing is all important. And it's not what we suffered this year. It's what we learned. And, you know, the question isn't what we have to endure. The question <laughs> is learning how much we did endure. Can't have the light without the shade. And on that note, drink fresh, drink local. Look after yourselves and each other this festive season. And wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boo.
Morning, Joe. Hey, Joe. Morning, Joe. Sorry. Morning, Joe. Morning, Joe. Why? I'm caffeined up, baby. <laughs> He's yeah, no, but I've got, I've got to make sure I don't, you know, oh, disturb you, you, homeschooling. And... Live from lockdown. <laughs> That's it. The an- the <laughs> an- <laughs> Actually, if, if Fair had a podcast, they wouldn't call it the antidote. They would call it the anecdote. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it begins. Radio Brews News is proudly presented by Cry Malt. With over 25 years in the field, Cry Malt is dedicated to providing the finest brewing ingredients to help brewers create the foundations of a truly excellent beer. They are your premium brewing partner and they are proud sponsors Sponders. They're proud sponsors Ooh. of Brews News Week. <laughs> I'm clearly not Pete Mitchell. <laughs> now, Claire, I hope you noticed the number of people who commented on, on you're not feeling the boom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know I know you don't I, I know there's that thing that you know we all hate about being typecast but Yeah, yeah. You are the boom girl. Oh, and I even spoke to I spoke to two brewers this week who both said I need to keep doing it and I was like, "Oh, oh why?" <laughs> I'm going to have to start paying you a, like a boom allowance or something like that. <laughs> 50 oh. cents per boom. Or something like that. <laughs> That's it. I think telling somebody that the, you know, the product can have an issue when you know if you you haven't done all the work you you could you, you should be doing to ensure it's safe, uh, it, it really should. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> That's a good one. We we can fix that in post. Yeah. Has he, has this is I think he's got to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just tell him it's all good. We can fix it in editing. Hopefully no animals were injured in the making of this podcast. podcast. Sorry, guys. That's all right. Yeah, that was a dog visiting my dog and then going off at each other. You know, the way beer's going and the whole regional aspect of it does make sense to have breweries in every sort of area where there's a certain amount of residential people living and stuff. So I'd probably consider that as a smarter option maybe but it sounds like one of you's on the brewery floor (laughs) right now yeah i'm I'm actually i tried to get away from it and i went out into the car park and then (laughs) one of our trucks one of our trucks pulled up and jono's just taking watermelon juice inside uh well funnily enough uh when i was listening back to the podcast uh that, that we recorded previously it was exactly the same reversing sound kept cropping up in it and we did a lot of talk about watermelon juice one group in the community, though, who will be uh, presumably uh, increasing their alcohol consumption will be uh, those members and friends of the Newtown Jets Rugby League Football Responsibly, Club. Responsibly, of course, Pete. Responsibly, because <laughs> now, well, now, no, now previously, I reckon they've probably been going, oh, Tooth KB, you know, uh, 4X, whatever it is. No, I'll, I'll, give me a Canadian club. Um, but now they'll be able to say, hang on, I can have filter. That was thrown to you, Claire. Oh, and sorry. now they can say... <laughs> Wait, I can have filter. What as a a beer at the stadium? Is that what you're talking about? Well, you, I don't you know can, where you're going you, with you, that. Well, you can read out the headline. <laughs> and... All right, okay. Anyway, filter teams up with the Newtown Jets. Uh, so after a few, a series of really interesting deals, um, like Capital and Bentspoke uh, and the Manuka Oval, Manuka Oval, Manuka Oval. It's not going to stop me from buying. Stone and wood uh, doesn't change the, you know, the Keelan's going to be making sure that some awesome beer is uh, going out under the Green Beacon name. But I just... Green Coast. What did I say? 
Green bacon. Oh, yeah. Funnily <laughs> enough, um, mixing your independent no, 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 no. Well, see, funnily enough, when I was listening back, I was sort of thinking, I wonder if I ever say green bacon by mistake because oh, green. Shit. Co- <laughs> and, and I didn't, and then oh, I planted that seed, oh, which is kind of a little bit like independence. Like when you plant the seed, that independence doesn't matter; it can grow us subconsciously. <laughs> so it's like if you're in your car <laughs> and you're getting out of control and you get into a skid, if you look at the power pole, you will hit the power pole. You'll if hit you, the. Yeah, if it, you look at the gap, you'll hit the gap. There you go. So. So yeah. I was looking at the I was looking at the power pole. You'll so you'll get the money to do that refurbishment. Yeah. You just don't get it up front. But people so. don't work like that, do but they? They very much work short termism, like, oh I'm getting it now rather than in five years. And that's you know, w- would you rather I gave you a thousand dollar bonus, you know, today, or would you like twenty dollars a week um in, in your pay? Um ends up being the same, you know. Um I'm not sure that worked out. Twenty dollars a week. Twenty twenty by fifty. That's right, a thousand. Okay. All right. Oh, did you say a thousand? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you said ten thousand. No, like, no, please, no, I love a ten thousand. Yeah, no, that would be great. If you wanted twenty, you, <laughs> know, you yeah. just knock back a pay rise. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! <laughs> Got that on tape. Minecraft is announced a release to the market. Oh, lovely. So let me see. Is that all? Is that the? I'm not sure. Investor presentation. I don't think we need to. Uh, transformational acquisition and uh, capital raising No, not transformational. So, anyway, you can read about it. Uh, you'll, you'll have read about it by the time you Transformational, marketational. This. <laughs> this is what we call our crowdfunding. <laughs> That's beautiful. Sorry, it just took me back. <laughs> I'll, I might just have to mute my mic every now and then. That's okay. Um, when the guy's coming out for their lunches and stuff like that. Welcome back to the MCG for the second That's time it. today. Take two. All right. Kids say we'll never know Richie Benno. I'm nah. Chee chee chee. Spotify worldwide is today um, releasing to everybody their most listened to tracks um, and podcasts. So that'll become relevant. Yeah. Um, oh, my 2021 mine. What was? Ooh, what's that, yours? That mine. Let me see. My top song was Town Called Malice. Um, California Stars, Wilco, uh, Allison, What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding, and Spoon, Summon You. So very much classic rock. My <laughs> podcast hasn't, uh, it, it doesn't tell me what my podcast is. Oh, so that's I'm, annoying. I'm, maybe that's going to come up. Anyway, Joe, if that's shit radio, um, <laughs> just cut it out. <laughs> um, Joe, that, that's shit radio, cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza, though. Yeah. Like, you, you've had a good run. Everyone. Yeah. I'm, talking, we'll I'm not talking round. to you two. <laughs> well, <laughs> or Rayback, or Fair. But Stop. if the shit fits, wear it. <laughs> Can't we make that the episode name? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I remember. Well, see, I, 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 Matt was so I, fired up just before we went to wear it. Yeah, but I didn't swear because remember waited. we got comments from people that had to cover their poor little kitty's ears as they're driving around listening to this. Oh, crap. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> sorry, kitties. Kitties just maybe, oh, maybe Joe can send me. Andy though. Claire's going to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, fuck, poo, bum, whisk. <laughs> maybe she just bleep me out. That's fine. <laughs> anyway, that takes us out. Thanks very much, Matt. Thanks very much, Claire. That's our news. Stick around though if you want to delve a little bit deeper. Uh, past the elbow. Um, into what we call below the fold, and Russell, we start Russell, below. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> we, oh, we haven't we got sound effects. 
We do. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's <laughs> just, just for our benefit. <laughs> oh, right. Got it. You know, because we, just so people think that we're participating. <laughs> okay. Below the fold? Or no, look, we, we, we yeah, punted we'll below the fold only because it always stimulates such a discussion. All right. In that case, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Claire. Bye. <laughs> yeah, so this is the bit where I go, I'm going to try and trick Joe in, and give her no time to put the, the music in. But she, I can hear she's doing it now because then I forget <laughs> that she gets to edit it. She listens back to it and she can she can put it in. But, you know, I'm going to keep trying to trick her anyway. Um, <laughs> so that's the news. Go off, do it, do your stuff if you need to get back to work or uh, whatever it might be. Um, but if you want to stick around for a little bit of extra, um, you are welcome to hang around for Below the Fold. And we're out and we're back. Well, I thought you just <laughs> called it Below the Fold. And I was going to go, who's Below? Bill Odefold. Yep. Just his accent, Matt. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> I suspect he's related to uh, joking. And this is Below the Fold, crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. Um, <laughs> our mailbag uh, is brought to us thanks to the New Zealand Ale Trail. Uh, and I was hoping to check out the New Zealand Ale Trail at some stage in the latter part of July. And so hopefully that travel bubble will open because I want to head to www.nzaletrail.com or at NZ Ale Trail on social media because I wanted to find the best beer experiences that I could experience when I was over there. Um, and if you do do that, um, and I certainly will be reviewing them on iTunes. Oh, sorry, that's not the New Zealand Ale Trail. That was us. That's it. <laughs> this is where we need Pete. Um, re- review the New Zealand Ale Trail probably on um, Google. Uh, no, Trip no. Uh, um, uh, uh, not Rate Beer. Uh, what, what, what's the travel? Um, uh, not bookings.com because you can't book there. Um, TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor. <laughs> but if you want to rate us, if you like what we do, um, you can review us on iTunes. Slip us a postal address, a good postal address, and then we'll send you thanks to our friends at Thirsty Merchants, a nice little uh, barblade. You can also uh, review us. We do, you know, look, it's, it's the only thing that we kind of, we don't beg, but we do kind of... Um, uh, Sorry, I've just got signed out. So, um, <laughs> oh no, what happened? Yeah, uh, Google's just kicked me out. So, hang on now, I've got to wait from the it. email. Just talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> um, I've just lost the notes. <laughs> yeah. Verification code. We'll just copy that. <laughs> yeah, this is a scintillating podcast. Um, <laughs> we can get Joe to get it out. She'll get rid. Ah, oh, look, it, it, maybe it's the most entertainment that uh, some of our, our listeners get all week. <laughs> I don't think we have. Jared from Newcastle. Jared from Newcastle. Uh, Yeah, give us an address so that we can uh, send you out a beautiful bar blade. Thanks to our very good friends at Thirsty Merchants. Crafty Merchants. Thirsty. Thirsty Merchants. Thirsty Merchants. (laughs) Cool. Um, Don't forget to hit that button, Claire. Yes, I was going to say, do I have to do, just press it now? You've got to press the button now. Okay. And then has the red light gone off? Yeah, it's gone green now. It's stopped recording. Yeah, it's gone green. It's gone green. Now Now it's recording. Oh, shit. Oh, no. It was already red. Oh, no. No, just joking. Oh, you bugger. <laughs> I'm going to kill you, Pete. I just shit myself. I completely cocked it up. <laughs> anyway. Well, no, because Matt started it. Matt, Matt Presco. Yeah, true. Although he yeah. has been known to not do that before. Only once or twice. <laughs> okay, nine or ten times. Back in the early days. <laughs> oh, There's God. so much that ended up on the cutting room floor. Oh, I bet. How sad. Uh, drink fresh. Drink local, independent if it matters. Uh, look after yourselves and each other and wash your damn hands. And we're out.
that boom. Was a, <laughs> sorry, oh, I, oh no, but you're, you're in a separate channel anyway. Joe jo can salvage oh, that's that. Okay. Uh, that's all good. But... Drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Can we start adding and just obey the rules and don't even be told, <laughs> you know, not even the just the spirit of the rules. Yeah. The correct response was boom. Oh, yeah, we forgot about the boom. Ah, you can live without it this week. No, no, no. Oh, you no, want no, to do no. it? It's Matt always stops we, talking. Oh, no, I'm so sorry. We get emails. I, had a, I breathed in and I was about to go <laughs> <Sorry>. for it. <laughs> okay, right. Silence for a minute, Matthew. Hang on, look, I'll, oh, I'll, I'll give Pete. you the no, no, I'm, I'm gonna give, Well, I've got to give you the setup. We're going to do it properly. Okay, okay, okay. So drink fresh, drink local, look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. Look after yourselves and each other, and wash your damn hands. And we're out. Boom. World right. class. That was world did, class. Did you hear my take of breath, though? I did, do, I did do that again. Well, Sorry. But, but, but no, 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 no. That just shows you weren't phoning it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, it, it shows. I make an effort. It, it's just like the tennis players that grunt. You know, <laughs> you know, at the end of it, to show that they're making an effort. And we're out. Boom. Now, we'll leave that for our punters to work out yeah. which bingo card that one checks. Wow. I tried to go deeper, but I'm not sure I'm going to get there. Was there impressive boom? Was that one of the... They bloody best have been. Yeah. That was that was impressive. <laughs> that, was, that was impressive. But I'm really, really want to get Joe to like cut in some great booms, like a you know, like a Mel Gibson Lethal Weapon boom. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it, it kind of, but starting with the greatest, or like you know, one of the war themes or something like that. Yes. You know, so <laughs> just like that. Or Merry Christmas in booms. Oh, that'd be great. Boom, 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 boom. We should boom, do boom, that boom, for boom, 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 the Christmas boom. editions. We should.